You're like, man, when I get to that place, when I'm in that position, I will never act like that. I won't make my guys work stupid hours for no reason because that's that's dumb. Like I will make a schedule so everybody can work. We get the job done. No one's going to be sitting around on my watch. And then they get there and you're like, wait a minute. You're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> I remember us talking about drinking a beer out back of the barracks, yeah. like the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just, it's the military, man. It's just, a, it's the cycle, but the circle of life, brother, mm-hmm. like you come up and you despise the leadership until you become the leadership. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. Mike's been in just about 12 years in different capacities. And, uh, you know, he, he's always been an awesome worker. And uh, he tells a story of how he made a couple of mistakes early on in his career. Uh, not everybody bodes well with being stationed in Okinawa, Japan, a small island off of mainland where uh, liberty and leisurely activities are limited. Mike got in, got in some trouble, some uh, two different Article 15s, his first contract. And he tells a story about how he was able to redeem his reputation and uh, continue on in a military career. So I think you guys will enjoy the show and get a lot out of it. Hey, Mike, thanks for thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's uh, been a we've been trying for a couple for a couple tries now. So you know, it's definitely uh, usually say third time's a charm, but it's been a couple more than that. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> busy schedules, but uh, pleasure to have you here and a pleasure to connect and kind of hear about your your career because I know it's been uh, a long one so far and uh, you joined a couple years before me and I've definitely done a good job directing it where you wanted it so um, would kind of would love to hear why how you started and uh, kind of where it's taking you so far all right yeah man uh, thanks for having me again uh, you brought this to me months ago and you know I was looking forward to it then and like you said we've had a lot of stuff going on both of our lives to get here so sure it's good um, but yeah so you know I joined 17. Uh, I was two weeks out of high school, <clears throat> graduated 2007. Two weeks later, I was at Paris Island. Um, started off active duty, turned 18 in boot camp. So two months into boot camp, I turned 18. Mm. Um, and did they know it was me, your birthday in boot camp? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, yeah, I kept that on the, on the down low, like yeah, yeah. anything that my, so my mom, she's retired army. Um, my stepdad's retired army. My dad did eight years in the army every grandfather that I've had was in the army. Mm. Um, I have a great grandfather actually. That's, uh, that's still missing in action. He was shot down in the Formosa Straits in Korea. Wow. And his, they've never found his body. Last time they saw me, he was in a, he was in a bamboo cage in Korea. Wow. Um, so we have a lineage. So I knew the games going in. So for sure, for the birthday, I was like, anything I saw that was like over the top, that was ripped <laughs> up right away and thrown in the trash, you know, <laughs> and my mom likes to send me stuff with batteries in it. So those right away were torn up and thrown in the trash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so with that lineage, man, I, I was telling you just a minute ago, like I wanted to be in the military since I was five years old and it was always the Marines. Like it was never a doubt that it was going to be anything else besides the Marines. 
Um, just trying to one up your family or, or yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> 1000 percent that was the whole thing i was like well they're army i'm gonna be better than them. you know five years old i was like these guys gotta be better than these these jamokes that i'm hanging out with yeah so it was like it, at first you know it's the uniforms you know the stuff the commercials blah blah, mm-hmm. blah but then as you get older you kind of learn the differences between them and and <clears throat> i've always been a huge history buff uh my favorite subject going through school still is um so once you start learning that history you know Bella Woods and and stuff like that you know Iwo Jima and Guadalcanal and all the, the great battles where the Marines were basically by their by themselves and uh they were able to to defeat these unsurmountable odds and they come out victorious and you know you start learning that and you're like oh yeah these guys are hardcore bro like <laughs> I gotta do this yeah. um so it was always like day one when my recruiter called me. So I was in the debt program for a year mm. when he called me, he said, Hey man, are you interested in the Marines? I said, yeah, actually I've been waiting for you guys to call me. I emailed you guys like four months ago saying <laughs> that I was interested, you know, but I think by the time I, inter- I, I probably emailed him, I was probably 15. So I don't uh, think they were yeah. too interested in yeah. 15 year olds. Saying, say, hey, I'm, I'm joining in three years. <laughs> it, it doesn't usually, uh, you know, the, the Marines usually jump on a lead. They don't, they don't, dragging yeah. their feet on it. So yeah, but they, yeah. So eventually they came around to it. And, um, it, so my, the early stages, actually, it turned out to be a blessing for me now, uh, at 30 years old, 12 years into my career, I wanted to go artillery. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, dude, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be artillery. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, even though we've had all these discussions about me wanting to fly, then I was like, I don't care. He had slots for artillery. And I was like, that'd be badass to go shoot big guns. Like, heck yeah, dude, let's do that. <laughs> but I was, but I was 17. So I couldn't enlist without my parents signing. Yeah. Um, same boat. My mom was S2. My dad was motor T. So whenever he got out, he was at a time when the military was transitioning from a lot of analog paper to computers. Mm. Well, when he got out, he didn't get that training. So he went to go work, you know, at an auto parts store or whatever, and no one wanted to train him on computers. So nine years in the army, he had no, he did. He just didn't realize he had the tools, Sure. but in his mind, he didn't have the necessary know-how to, to transfer that into the civilian world. So he mowed yards, he started his own lawn business and he worked for other guys, mowing yards, became Mm -hmm. a bus driver and stuff like that. So he was like, uh, no, what are you going to do when you get out and what are you going to do with artillery? And I was like, I'm not getting out. I'm going to stay <laughs> in. I'm a lifer. He's like, you're 17. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, you don't know where we're going in life, you know? And at the time we were enlisted we were also a military very much at war. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of played a little factor into him. So he refused to sign the papers. Mm. Uh, so I actually had to sign an aviation contract. Um, and he said, yeah, do something aviation wise and that'll all sign the contract. Hmm. So because of him putting his foot down and not signing that, it actually, it's, it's steered my life to where it is now. Um, because I have the job I have through connections that I made in the military through aviation. Sure. I'm sure, you know, you probably hated him for at the time, but (laughs) <laughs> looking back oh yeah bad. yeah man yeah i was you know young and dumb and, and ready to shoot some <laughs> big guns and, and you know run around and hump with big old packs on my back and stuff like that and yeah you know i'm not a big guy i'm five foot six i was 150 in high school uh-huh. um so 
I, you know, you know, I've, I've had the two back surgeries and I arthritis, my knees and my hips and my yeah. shoulders. So, you know, <laughs> it kind of turned out everything kind of worked out. Yeah. That he, he steered me towards a more, uh, a career that I could really latch onto you know, later on in life. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I would you, uh, that's funny, you know, we'll kind of cut to it a little bit, but with your intention of doing something kind of like gung ho, uh, artillery style, would you recommend somebody go that route or would you now give your dad's advice to somebody younger? So, I mean, I, I have given my dad's advice to younger guys. Uh, my, my brother-in-law actually is, he's a Sergeant in the army. He's selected to pick up staff. Um, and I've been trying to convince him years ago, aviation, Mm. he's a motor T he's a diesel mechanic, you know, we all have it. There's days he hates his job. Sure. We all hate our job. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's how it is, man. When they're like, I'll hey, work we're working 16 hour days today for no reason. You're yeah. like, oh, sweet, bro. I had nothing better <laughs> to do. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, since day one, I'm like, dude, aviation, bro. Aviation, aviation, aviation. Yeah. And you know, now he's, he's like, you know, I'm going to drop my warrant officer package. He's like, okay, you got to figure it out. I don't need to tell you. I don't need to try to see you. You got seven years and you probably know what you're doing. Sure. Um, but at the same token, like, dude, there's still so many regrets that I have mm. from my early years in the Marines, like uh, <clears throat> stuff that I wished I had known and pursued harder. So I was <clears throat> extremely good at my job, but it took a couple of years. So I've never, I don't know if I ever told you this. I have two Article 15s that I got. Did not know um, that. Yeah, I got busted down twice. No kidding. So, both yeah, both underage drinking. Oh um, man, dude. Yeah, I was gonna make yeah. a, I was gonna make a video on that at some point because <laughs> that's what gets so many people, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I got once in Cherry Point, and I got it again in, in Okinawa. Um, and the second time was because I I got separated from a Lobo buddy, and I wrote on the sheet that I had one beer with Christmas dinner as Christmas, mm. and uh, they got me for having a beer with Christmas dinner. Man, dude. Yeah. Gosh. Well, so it was a blessing though, because that was the, that was legitimately the turning point of my career. Yeah. Um, so I came in as a PFC, picked up Lance Corporal two weeks later, I busted down the first time. Uh, the second time I was three days away from busted picking up. down just so everybody knows it's like reduced yeah. in rank. Yeah. 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 The, the whole nine to 45 day, you know, <laughs> cleaning party for your half months pay for two months. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. You know, I was only making like $400, $500 a month anyway. Yeah. So I wasn't really rolling in the yeah, dough. Working for uh, free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then <clears throat> when I got over to Oki, I was, so it would have been five days cause, uh, or five or six days, but I was, I was within a week of picking up Lance mm-hmm. the second time and I got busted on a private. So two and a half years in the Marines, I was a lower rank than I came in at. Mm. Um, so, That's but it was kind of, it, it lit a fire though. Like, yeah. Because I had a guy, he's a, he's actually a master now, um, Zach Hayden. He was, he was my sergeant at the time and he, he liked to use me as the example for, he had me get all the quals I could get. He had me become one of the most qualified guys in the shop. Mm. So he would always be like, how come private grooms has more qualifications than my Lance corporals that are about to be corporals and about to be CDIs. How come this private has more qual? And like, it felt good. Like this is the one guy. Cause you know, everybody was telling me, you know, you're trash, you're junk, yeah, like yeah. you're garbage, you, you're worthless to the unit. And then he was like, nah, man, like you work your butt off. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna hold you back. And it worked 
three years later, I was a, I was a freaking sergeant. So I was still able to, wow. to bust back from two NAPs and pick up sergeant. But do you think, um, do you think that's normal? I mean, a lot of people, you know, they get knocked down you know, once and then twice. It's like, dude, yeah. you ain't coming back from that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think it's normal. Uh, what would so, you dude, it's it so to? easy. Just that one individual, that one leader that was, that was looking out for you. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, he was a great dude. Cause he was a sergeant for a long time. Our armor West C-130 engine mechanics. Um, we were locked out for a long time. Like you could not get promoted. Mm. So he was a sergeant for like nine years. Wow. Um, I got out in 2012. He's a mass sergeant now. He was a sergeant when I got out. Mm. He just picked up master like three months ago. So, um, he's one, he's like on paper and like in life, the Marines Marine, like has his stuff together never been in trouble, mm. like good at his job, good at shooting, good at all the Marine Corps stuff, all the MCIs, staff college. Um, but yeah, because he was like grooms, like that sucks, bro, but get over it. Like we have, we have stuff to do and yeah. I can't have you. You know, they didn't want to fat me out. They didn't want to send me to another shop. They didn't want to send me to the other part of the base. Like, no, if you're here to work, we're going to keep you around. So yeah. <clears throat> I was like, all right, man. Yeah, I'll work, dude. Like, if you're going to keep me here and you're going to trust me, then I'm going to keep I'm going to keep chugging along. So mm. I think it was for sure that that one leader. But um, going back to your to your original question. Yeah, like <clears throat> because of stuff like that, I didn't get to reenlist, you know, um, so by the time my real, my, my reenlistment time came up, then I was aware of, you know, like all the sweet schools I could have gone to, yeah. like all the other options I could have had. Um, at the time my reenlistment, I was trying to lap move to UAV operator just mm. to get away from my career field, get away from the bad history, just basically <laughs> start over again somewhere else. Um, and so like jump school, they sent a whole bunch of guys right as I was deploying. So because we were on pre-deployment stuff, we couldn't go to jump school. Uh, the army had a whole bunch of slots and they were inviting Marines to go. Wow. So, you know, after that, I was like, man, I can't wait to go back. I'm gonna go to jump school. Like I want to try out, you know, the Marine Corps has all your, uh, uh, your jungle warfare schools, you get to eat the Cobra blood, all that <laughs> stuff. I was like, yeah, man, like I want to try all that stuff. Uh, so in that, in that aspect, man, I think that if I had gone artillery, I think my career would ended differently mm. because I hate to say it, but I, I believe from what I've seen, from what I've heard is the ground side tends to take care of their Marines for stupid stuff like that. A lot more like, uh, you know, we hear all the, the stories about the Marines taking the younger guys out back and handling it. Well, yeah. for my second NJP, man, I legitimately, I begged my Sergeant major and my division chief, uh, top Farrell. I said, please just take me out back, beat my ass one good time. Mm. Let's just get this <laughs> over with. Like, please do not. I didn't want pay, you know, paperwork destroys you. Yeah, it follows yeah, you. Yeah. So I was like, just please you get whatever buddies you want. You won't ever, there will be no report. You know what I'm saying? Like, Beat let's the just crap take care out of this me. outback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do that, they turns out. They don't really do that anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe yeah. they do in some places, but few and far between. But So how, how has it affected? I mean, you've still been able to stay in, you know, you've got 12 years in some capacity, whether it be active or reserves. Uh, how has that affected your career moving forward and and you know, being able to direct it where you want it. So it, at first it, it was rough. So when I got out, <clears throat> I went and got my AMP license and I started working commercial maintenance. 
Um, probably some of the hardest work I've done mm. was doing commercial heavy check maintenance. Um, and within a year, I was like, screw this, dude. I want to go back to the Marines. Like, I missed it. You know, I missed it so much. And if I'm going to work that hard, I'd rather do it wearing a uniform. I'd rather doing it with other Marines. Mm. Um, I'd rather I'd rather get deployed. Like, some of the best maintenance, some of the best times I had being a Marine was in Afghanistan yeah. um, with the hours, with the no sleep, with the, <clears throat> it's the mission, you know, the mission that you're, that you're working towards is, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but within a year I was down talking to the recruiter mm. and uh, I was like, Hey man, trying to get in. <clears throat> He's like, okay. Pulls up my record. He's like, Oh, you got NGPs. Can't help you. And I was like, ah, okay, cool, bro. So I went and I talked to the army <clears throat> and the only thing the army had was uh, special operations for mm. sergeants. So they're like, well, we're going to have to take a rank. You're going to be E4. We're going to send you back through basic training. Um, and you're going to start the infantry pipeline starts in basic. Cause I sweet bro. Um, their tattoo policy had just changed. So they, it was the same as the Marines. So anything below the elbow, if you could cover it, you were straight, but because it was new to them, they're, recruiting commander was a captain and he was like, no, anything below the elbow, we can't take you. So, crazy. and I said, that's crazy because any operator I've ever seen that you're full sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the recruiter that was there that I was working through full sleeves, he had just come back from a range battalion. He's like, yeah, man, it's stupid. But so he's like, we'll give you a call. And they did like six months later, the army got rid of their program, hmm. like the tattoo policy altogether. Um, but by that time, I'd already started talking to the Navy. So I was like, Man, you were I'll go talk on every door. Huh? Oh, yeah. You, dude, you yeah. Like everybody. So it was that there was no Air Force recruiter in that office. Okay. Um, that was my local where I lived in Nashville. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, Navy, what you got, man? Like, you know, I was still in the same shape I was. I was still 150 pounds, you know, a year and a half, two years later after I got out. And I was like, look, um, what do you guys have? And I was like, this time I'm going to do what I want to do. And I was like, what do you have special operations? Like we have SWIC, special warfare, combatant crafts. And I was like, yes, running gunships for the seals. <laughs> Sign me up, dude. I'm only 23 years old. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Um, and I told him up front, I said, look, I got two NJPs, my man. Cause you know, department of the Navy, it transfers Yeah. new recruiter. He's like, don't worry about it, bro. I got you. We're not worried about it. It's not a big deal. Nice. So I was with him for five months. Um, took the pre ASVAP, just the, the you know the ASVAP tests. I was gonna go because I scored, I scored like a seventy-one when I first went in, but I wanted higher. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. I was not a seventeen-year-old kid that was out drinking the night before I went and took my ASVAP. Mm -hmm. I'm now an adult male. I have gained some knowledge. Have some goals. I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. gonna go retake this test, and I'm gonna try a little bit harder. You know, mm -hmm. um. And the next day he had a slot for me to go to maps and, uh, he oh. got up with the commander and they were like, Oh yeah, we can't help you get two NJPs. So yeah. I was like, well, that's it. You know, uh, that was six months of me trying. I was like, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's just, just not in the cards for me. So I guess I'm just gonna, you know, just be content with my military careers over and just mm -hmm. kind of focus on civilian life. So, yeah. um, and it wasn't until, two years later when I got this job and I started working at an air force base that with the unit. And I was like, you know what? I could do the air force. <laughs> Never crossed my mind, but I was like, yeah, man, I could do the air force. Let's do this. And, and so they it affected me a lot until 
you know, until the Air Force came along. So, which is surprising, I feel like, because typically the Air Force is pretty strict on who they let in, and they're gonna, you know, let a Marine that, you know, a couple NJPs that would be unexpected. Well, so what helped? <laughs> what helped was uh, I downplayed them slightly. Your your uh, NJPs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I downplayed them slightly. Um, like you said, they weren't like they weren't major offenses. They were underage drinking charges. At this time, I was twenty five, yeah. maybe you know, yeah. twenty five, two kids, uh, married, was working on a college degree, so well removed yeah. from my days of I don't give a crap. I'm just doing, you know, I'm just partying. I'm just doing whatever. Yeah. My defense, I went straight to Okinawa, and I spent or my five years in Okinawa. Okinawa is um, not I always saw, good for people. <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. family. Um, I saw family twice. That was once my first year. And then the second time was after my deployment. Um, and that's the only time I ever, I ever left the Island. Mm. Just, you know, I went all over the Pacific, but that's the only time I came back. I came back home. I went to Vermont once and I went to Florida the second time. So mm. I didn't even see the same family yeah. um, in four years, you know, uh, but yeah, no. So coming in the Air Force, <clears throat> I had what helped was I was still still in really good shape. Um, I was working towards a college degree, so that really helped showing that hey, I'm progressing. I have a college degree in the works. Um, even with the NJPs, my pros and cons, like I had always mm. high high marks from everybody. Um, I had you know uh, awards and decks, and then all my my. <clears throat> my letters of recommendation and all this other stuff. And then I had, um, I still stay in, in a, in close contact with one of my former CEOs. Uh, he's a retired Colonel and he actually flies for, I think he flies for American airlines now, hmm. but, uh, he wrote a letter of recommendation for me coming in. <clears throat> I had passed, uh, staff and CEOs, right. One of the, one of the staff and CEOs, top feral, who was my division chief, who actually was the guy who, when I got, my second NJP, instead of doing it in the CO's office, he said, we're going to do it in your shop. So we went down to the shop and did a school circle around the CO and the Sergeant Major, and they NJP'd me in front of 50 Marines that I work with all the time. Yeah, yeah it sucked. Public shame, uh, you know. Yeah, but so he he actually apologized to me like a year later because mm. he's like, dude, I didn't know how what kind of Marine you were. Like if I could have done it differently, like I wouldn't even have pushed for that to happen to you. Mm. But, uh, but I got him to write me a letter. So I had all this working for me. And then with my civilian education, with the A&P license. So I was an asset on the aviation side. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that it was the reserves. So the unit already knew me. The unit wanted me because I had been their, their propeller rep for two years. Hmm. So they're like, yeah, dude, for sure. We need more mechanics, especially guys, you know, in the Marine Corps, we're so small that we're less less isolated i reckon like with 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 job wise so in the marine corps we're power line mechanics for c-130 so you do the the engine system so the fuel the bleed air the electrical you're doing the prop system you're doing the bleed air for the aircraft um you're towing your taxi and you're doing apu work you're doing all this other stuff that in the air force those are all you have an engine and prop guy. That's what they do. You have a fuel cell guy. That's what they do. Mm. You have crew chiefs, which is what I am now. And they deal with the taxi in and the tow in and they do the general stuff like the inspections and they write up the stuff, to the other shops. 
Um, but especially coming in with the prop experience and then with all the overall system knowledge and then the A&P stuff and, and everything, they were like, yeah, man, yeah. whatever we got to do to get you in here, like, let's go ahead and get you in. So overqualified basically, you know, they, yeah. 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 And that's, that's what helped me help push me to get in the air force was that I had that, that I built myself back up from, from the troubles that I had. Yeah. And that really, that showed, Hey, this guy isn't, you know, a piece of trash and he's mm-hmm. like, screw it. You know, I'm just going to keep staying down here in the filth, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's important. Like definitely you worked to rebuild your reputation, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, not everybody does that. I know, I know I came across some people that like they messed up and they just, they just keep messing up. They're like, well, I messed yeah. up once. They hate me now. Let me just nosedive, you know? Uh, and they ruined any opportunity they had for, for recovery. And so it's, it's unfortunate, but it is important. Yeah, I've seen a lot of good guys. Like, uh, we had a guy when I first got to Okinawa, he was a corporal. Why well, I had found out that right before we got there, he was a Sergeant with, he was about to pick up staff Sergeant Dang. and, uh, he had gotten busted down. You know, I, I don't remember what he was doing, but I think he was like drunk with a handle walking around the barracks, carrying a, like a, a Bowie knife, uh. <laughs> uh, just like belligerent. By the time he left Okinawa, he was a, he was a PFC. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it was just, it was just, yeah. and, and I didn't know him as a Sergeant. I knew him as a, as a corporal, but then I was able to see the snowball effect of everything else. And yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Like, yeah. And I get it too. You know, the, the, what it might play on your psyche to have to go through that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, yeah, man, you, you do. It's either, either you get your shit together or you just keep going down that same yeah. path and you're just like, well, screw it, man. This is just my life now. Yeah. Well, there, there, you know, there's always, it's always recoverable and, you know, until it's not. And yeah, you know, don't, if, as long as you don't give up and, uh, you, you make the effort to rebuild your reputation, I think more often than not that you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's, it, it, it does come back on leadership too, man. Like you have sure. to have, you have to have somebody willing to like put that third chance in you and be like, mm-hmm. okay, dude, like this is it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trusting you. Like, please don't please don't let me down because now you're going to, now you're going to affect my reputation. Yeah. You know, whenever you have a good leader, you don't, you really don't want to let them down. You're like, you know what? I can't, I can't let this guy down. I'm not going to ruin his reputation for me. You know, me wanting to be a dumb kid. So yeah, yeah, man, whatever you need me to do, that's what I'll do. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure seeing both, you know, good and bad leadership examples has, you know, shaped the way you lead kind of thing. So yeah, you know, I know some people they get bad leaders and like, oh, let me just be a bad leader because I had bad leaders, and so yeah, you know, yeah, that's, somebody's got to break that mold. Uh, so my wife's at the unit with me too. Uh, she's prior army, and now she's in the Air Force Reserves as an engine mechanic. But uh, we so we get we go down to drill together. It's six and a half hour drive, so we get a long wow. time to talk. Yeah. So the conversation coming back up to the house is always different after being down there for <laughs> you know two or three days. Last time we were down, we were just down there last month for three and a half weeks. Um, and you see those leaders, like you see the ones who are there to help mm-hmm. and they're not just focused on, so, you know, you have the ones that are focused on as it should be, uh, the aircraft or the mission, you know, and that's, that's what should happen. That should come first. But there's a saying, you know, airmen come first, Marines come first, whatever you should take care of your people. Yeah. You don't take care of your people. They're not going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, and you see it, you know, you're young, <clears throat> you're early stage in your career and you're like, man, 
when I get to that place, when I'm in that position, I will never act like that. I won't make my guys work stupid hours for no reason because that's that's dumb. Like I will make a schedule so everybody can work. And we get the job done. No one's going to be sitting around on my watch. And then they get there and you're like, wait a minute. You're doing the exact same thing <laughs> I remember us talking about drinking a beer out back of the barracks. Yeah. Like the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's I think it's just, it's the military, man. It's just this, it's the cycle, but the circle of life, brother. Mm-hmm. Like you come up and you despise the leadership until you become the leadership. Yeah. And then you just fall in the same trends that have been happening forever. Yeah. And then if you, you know, I, I understand like if they're you're that one leader who's like, I'm going to do something different. And then everybody around you is like, no, you're not. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep doing whatever. because <laughs> I want to, I want to, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Like I want to make as much money as I can before I retire. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I've also seen, I've seen so many guys that are just, and you know, females too, uh, guys, in general term, uh, that just want the rank, just want the money, just yeah. want the retirement. Like, just want to step all over everybody on their way to get there. Yeah. Uh, and those you're like, dude, that is why, like, I can't, my moral compass mm-hmm. wouldn't allow me to do that, you know? Uh, and you do, you take hits for it. But at the same time, if you're a leader that your people love, like who gives a shit about the rest of this stuff, it'll come. Yeah. Like I've never once had somebody over top of me, hate the way I've disciplined Marines, hate the way I, I've talked to airmen, hate how I've led or instructed or taught um, anybody under me. Um, and I've never had anybody back. Oh, you care too much about the people that work with you. So we're not mm. going to promote you mm. because if you have all your other ducks in a row and you're not just openly trying to piss people off, yeah. like there's, you know, there's a difference between I'm just going to go against everything you tell me and I'm just going to do whatever I want, no matter what. Yeah. The, then they're like, yeah, dude, I'm not, we're not promoting you at all. Yeah. But if, if you're, you know, if relatively speaking, uh, you get along with people and you know, you're agreeable and you have good leadership qualities and you're good at, you're going to get promoted anyways, but guess what? You're not treating people underneath you like trash while you're doing it. Sure. Sure. And I think that, yeah, that is like, they can give you all the classes you want, but they say, you know, leadership is inherent and you do, it's a learned trait, but it is, it's picking it up over time, man. And, and I've, I don't know where I get it from, but I've had the ability to, to pick and choose what I'm going to take and what I'm going to let go. And, and especially as I've gotten older, like the, the bad traits, like, I just like, you know what? It's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. Like I tell guys all the time, they've only ever known me as as their dowdy rep, they've only ever known me as, as an air force reserve. I said, you guys wouldn't believe this, but I used to yell a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite thing to do was to yell and just like make people cry for just because, and it wasn't, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to belittle you. I was always the NCO that took people out back and so, I, I'm going to talk to you alone and talk to you and, and just yell at them until they cried. And that's just <laughs> the way it happens sometimes. But you know, it was all warranted. That, that, that brings up my next question because the Air Force and the Marine Corps are, you know, very different. Um, and, and I'm curious what you have to say about that transition. I mean, granted, I guess you had a, a pretty good uh, cushion in between those two branches. Yeah. But, you know, what's your what's your take on the differences and, and um, you know, 
I guess if if somebody were saying, "Hey, I'm thinking about joining. Should I join the Marine Corps or the Air Force?" You know, where, where would you direct them with that? Having experienced both, <laughs> right? Marine right, Corps, brother. I got, <laughs> Still buying. I got it right here. I got, I got it right here. You know, uh, the Air Force flags with it too. So okay. Not that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not that biased. Yeah. Um, it's especially active duty Marines to the reserves. Mm, like, yeah, that's it's night and day. Um, especially now, as you know, as I keep getting promoted, and you see newer, the newer generation is, it's insane, man. Like the outright like just how they talk to people and you can't you don't know what they i don't know how to put it so a lot of the guys are they work there during the week as civilians mm-hmm. um and during the week there's no rank like these guys all just yeah. work together there's yeah. an e7 and an e2 working together but during the week they're joe bob and dick and harry whatever and then on the weekends is mass sergeant and airman basic yeah but they work together all the time so it's still joe dick harry you know whatever <laughs> they're not it's not, hey, Master Sergeant, it's, hey, Bob, can you go ahead and hand me that wrench? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll hand you that wrench guy who's only been in for, you know, five months. Yeah, I've been yeah. there for 15 years, yeah. you know? Uh, and so you, you can't you can't get on to anybody because that's the culture that they've built mm-hmm. and that they're okay with. Um, and at the first time I addressed an E8, you know, Senior Master Sergeant, I called him Senior. And uh, – He's like, oh, you just call me sergeant. And I was like, I don't feel right, yeah. bro. Just calling you sergeant. Yeah. Like you're you've earned the rank of E8. Yeah. Like I can't. And it, it took me, it did, it took me like two, three, maybe two, two and a half years to figure it out. But if you're looking, so I have a lot of buddies that are still in the Marines that are gunnies now. Like everybody I was in with that is still in are gunnies and mass sergeants. Yeah. Um so they are now on the opposite ends, you know, where we were wrench turners, we were desk sergeants, we were handling the day-to-day grind. And now they're on the paperwork side. They're on the QA chief side. They're on the shop chief side. So they are for sure at the other end of the spectrum and they deal with the stupid, silly stuff mm-hmm. that goes on. And, and I've had buddies with 13 years and be like, man, I'm done. Like I'm getting out, bro. Wow. Like, yeah, it's, it's gone so bad that they're just like, you know what? I can't deal with the nonsense that's coming in the Marine Corps. Like the, the kids that are coming in, they just can't. Deal yeah. With it. Yeah. They just can't like, because you know, you're restricted so much now it shouldn't, when you're in the civilian world, you can be fired. So there's a threat like, Hey, we're going to fire you. Like you act like a dumbass. You come in tomorrow. Your desk is going to be cleaned out, man. Like you're going to be gone. Yeah. Um, in the military, you, you don't have that threat. There's no threat of like, hey, if you act like a jackass, we're going to fire you tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, no, you're going to, you might NJP me, and then I might have some more chances, or, you know, I get a counseling session. Um, I might get some negative pros and cons, but I'm still going to stay and I'm still going to make a paycheck. Uh, were you going to punch me? No, you're not going to punch me because <laughs> then I'm going to, you know, report you for assault. Yeah. Um, so, but I've also worked on active duty bases with my current company. So they're still military minded, but guess what? The same stupid, silly stuff goes on in the air force. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's always like since day one, man, especially seeing guys like succeed in the Marine Corps guys that I was with, like start like really succeeding and, and further in their career. And, 
you know, I got a buddy of mine who just, he's a warrant officer now. Before that, he was a gunny. Before that, he was a rescue swimmer. Hmm. But he did all that after being an engine guy in the Marine Corps. He he saw those other opportunities and he took them. Um, I would say that the Air Force opportunities, are, you know, are, are leaps and bounds just because the platforms, the career fields, the jobs they have, the money that they, they're allocated. Yeah. Um, it's easier to be like, Hey, I want to go to this school. You know, I want to go, I want to further my career this way. The air force, I would say is for sure. If you get the right leadership is more willing to allow you to pursue other avenues and to mm-hmm. further your career. than I would say the Marine Corps is, mm-hmm. um, so for the pride and for the love and for just the, you know, walking around on air force bases, wearing a U.S. Marines, <laughs> you know, rolled up tight sleeves, you know, and I do when I see Marines all the time, like it's young bucks to them. Always, I always would be like, Hey, so, you know, I used to be, I was in the Marines, <laughs> like, you know, but you, you can't because <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you just, you just gotta, you just look at them and just like, yeah. Yep, I remember those days, the good old days. Yeah. Um, so for that aspect, Marines all the way. I mean, if you want to be, you know, not to be a recruiter or anything, but you want to be part of the greatest fighter force the world's ever seen. Join the Marine Corps. <laughs> um, but if you want to be a part of of a military organization that is really looking to benefit their people mm-hmm. outside of the Air Force, outside of the military, and that wants to see you once again, with the right leadership, wants to see you actually succeed as an individual um, and see you accomplish things outside of just your job. I'd say the air force all day long because Mm. they, they do, they have, they have the resources to allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the Marine Corps sells you on the like no balls kind of thing. Like you can't do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of how they just hold you to it. <laughs> Whereas the Air Force <laughs> sells sells you on like the benefits, and you know, it, it is more of a career and more of like a workplace than it is the military. Yeah. And so it kind of depends, I guess, what what the individual is looking for. And they're they're both great for different reasons. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They they both have their their pros and cons. Uh, you know, and it's still, I'm still very much like. I burn the IPs off my uniform. Yeah, like, yeah. I make sure that if I'm going in, you know, I have a fresh shave, I have a fresh haircut every time I put on the <laughs> uniform and, and you know, if I have dirty camis, I'm going to swap them out. Like, you know, I still like to look sharp and look presentable and, you know, it's very different in the air force oh, yeah. in a lot of places, yeah. you know, they just kind of, just kind of wing it. And they're like, Hey, if nobody says anything to me, like I'm good, you know, as long as I don't get in trouble, like they, I've seen guys like you push the limits more and more to kind of see. And I've never seen so many beards in my life than I've seen in the air force. So crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up a little bit. And I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, you've, you've done a lot, 12 years in service now, right? In total. Yep. I mean, you, you, you knocked on every door trying to get back in. So I, I would venture to guess that you do not regret joining in the first place, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, if, if I tell people, if I could go back and do it again, I'd do it different. I would do it sure. obviously without the NJPs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd be looking at how I've gone. So I'm an E6 now looking at if I had stayed in the Marines, I'd be a freaking, I'd be a gunny. Um, with, 13 years in 
So in seven more years, and for sure, I'd be on that way to, to looking at, you know, master, master guns. Um, so no, I, I don't regret joining never a day in my life. Have I ever regretted joining the military? I've regretted decisions I've made in the military and I've regretted how I've allowed those decisions to steer where I'm at Mm. now. Like I tell my wife all the time that if I had gone to Okinawa and I'd been older and I'd been married and I'd had kids, Mm. um, you know, I was so much more, I have, I have three college degrees. Now I have my MP license, you know, I work for GE. I'm a freaking manager. I'm 30 years old. Like all that's happened within the last five years, Mm. you know, and I have a three year old, a five year old and a seven year old. Um, so I wish that I wish I had been more grown up. Um, if not physically age wise, at least mentally, because I do regret a lot of the stumps, the dumb stuff that I did, um, that really there was no, there's no need for, like, I just, I went buck wild, you know, um, I was living in a foreign country around a whole bunch of other 18, 19 year olds. No one had any responsibilities as long as we ran good, shot good, (laughs) went to work and did good. Like no one cared. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They're like, do, do what you do, but stay within these confines. And then you would go out with, you know, leaders and you would see them act in the same way, Mm -hmm. just their 30, 40 and you're 19 and you're like, Oh shit. Well, I mean, that guy's a major, like I, he's good with, like, I can do that. And then turns out, yeah, you can't do that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I do not regret joining. I, I regret some of the decisions I've made, but yeah, I'm completely satisfied with, with the fact that I joined the military and, and, and at such a young age, like yeah. it, it allowed me to grow up quick. I just wish I had grown up a little bit quicker. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, give us a, give us a snapshot you know, nothing, you know, you don't have to talk about anybody think do too dark, but like best experience contrast with worst experience kind of thing, you know, give, give us an idea of what the, what a great day looks like and what a really crap day looks like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I say I, I'm going to put them both together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I was in for, I was in active duty for five years. I only did, I did a six month tour in Kandahar. Um, and the best day was we worked a 15, 16 hour day and we had done. So while the planes were away, you know, we had time to kind of do our own thing. So we were doing a map training. We we're doing brown belt training while we were out there. Mm. Um, McMahon, I was, martial arts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu, you know, yeah. <laughs> Marine Corps Kung Fu, yeah. um, <laughs> which you, you can't get a brown belt until you're a corporal. I was, a, I was a PFC. Mm. Um, they were, they were giving me a waiver for it. Um, so we got done doing some brown belt training and grappling and stuff like that. And, uh, I think that same day we had had a prop change and maybe an engine change. And at the end of a you know, 13, 14 hour day, I got a call from the CO saying that they had had a plane land at another airfield, a dirt strip, like two miles South of us in mm-hmm. country. And, uh, you know, they had a smoke where they landed and a high vibe on the engine and all this other stuff. So he's like, Hey, I need you to go with me. And I was like, all right, man. Like he said, what do you need? I told him this is what we need. And, you know, we took off and we flew out there and we were able to get, it was just, a, it was a sensor went bad and pilots like to over-exaggerate what's going on with the airplanes. <laughs> and he's like, no, bro, it's a sensor, man. But, you know, out in the middle of nowhere using little pin lights, cause that's the only light we had out in the middle of the desert. And 
swapping this sensor out and going back when I got back, you know, the, the CEO. So we had worked 13, 14 hour day. And then I got back and it was probably 17, 18 hour day that we had worked. Yeah. Um, and there's no stopping time. So, I, you know, I still had a 12 hour shift as soon as I, you know, I'd go back to sleep and then wake up again and have a 12 hour shift at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but afterwards, like he took me into the, to their tent and he's like, Hey man, like, I know you're tired and you need to go home, but like, we, we appreciate that's some good work. You know, as a PFC talking to a Colonel, I was like, yeah, yeah man, like, thanks bro. Like, I appreciate it. And he actually put me in, I got a, uh, I got a NAM, a uh, two-star general came out and pinned a NAM on me for that. Dang. Um, wow. Yeah. So I was, they called me in the tent and there, I was like, Hey, we're going to give you this. And I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. Um, but you know, the worst day too, was, was the same, the same kind of, you know, in that area, like, uh, we had one, we did angel flight, you know, mm. and coming off there was <clears throat> when the plane landed, it was like three in the morning. So we would always meet the plane out of the ramp. Um, so that way we could turn on the, the, the auxiliary power, not the APU. We could turn on a power cart. So that way they could turn the APU off, turn off the engines because they would have a, uh, like a, a hearse basically come and they'd have an honor guard come and unload the bodies off the planes. Yeah. Uh, so we beat the plane out there, shut it down. So that way it could get all the power off. So it wasn't as loud engines going Then we'd unload, you know, whoever was coming off the casket or whatever, but this time it was a, it was a bag. So it was just like the mm. stuff they could find of the guy. Mm. Um, and they were unloading it and bringing it into the hearse. And whatever we got done saluting and everything else, we're about to go back to, to business. Another guy came off the plane, like, a, a guy walking came off the plane and it was a kid, man. He was like, I mean, we were, I think I was 19, maybe I think I was 19 when I was over there, but he was, he was probably 18, 19 years old, um, a grunt. And he was just like, you know, shell shocked, whatever coming off the plane. And that's, that was a rarity. Normally there wasn't a guy at, you know, every once in a while there's a guy escorting, but yeah. normally it was a higher ranking guy that was escorting one of his Marines to, to Bogram or whatever, to be sent back to the house. But this was a young guy and uh, come to find out as the dude's brother. Mm. Um, and they were in two separate, two separate areas. And he, he had got word through the, through the chain of command that his brother had been killed. Mm. Um, and he was actually escorting the body back home and he was going to be the one who had to tell his parents, wow. Hey, this is what happened to, to our, to my brother. So wow. like that was by far, like that yeah. day was like, Oh, yeah. like, Oh man, this this is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is not just, you know, let's just work our ass off. Like there's, that's the, you know, the mission that I was talking about, like yeah. that's the most gratifying part of any part of being in the, in the military is, whenever you accomplish a mission like that and, and you, you get to see the benefits of what you're doing, um, you know, and as mechanics, mechanics, especially aircraft mechanics see very little yeah. of what they do. They reap very little of the rewards. They work a lot of long hours. Um, so if you like working long hours and being dirty all the time, do not become an engine mechanic <laughs> or, or any aircraft mechanic, because uh, seriously in any branch, some of the hardest working dudes you're ever going to meet. Um, and it's a very thankless behind the scenes mm. job because you know, you're not a pilot. You're not, you're not out there slinging stuff. You're not crew chief. You're not on the aircraft. You just get to fix it, see it take off, see it land, fix it again. And that's your whole life. You never yeah. get to enjoy, you know, enjoy flying on the airplane. You never get to enjoy doing cool stuff with it. So uh, anytime you get to see, you know, an aircraft take off with, you know, pallets loaded on it, or they're going out for a night illumination 
you know, session and they're going to drop big old flares out over a battlefield or whatever. And it comes back empty. You're like, okay, cool. We accomplished the mission. That's what, that's yeah. what I was working all day for was to make sure they went up and they landed and everybody got home safely and they can go to sleep while I continue to fix the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a lot of friends that were mechanics and yeah, it's a uh, thankless is definitely a good way to describe it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Well, um, thanks man. That's uh that's a lot. Of, you've, you've, you've covered a lot and it it's, it's good to hear a recovery story of somebody who's, uh, you know, made some mistakes early on, but being, been able to redeem their career. Um, cause I, I think it is important to know that it is doable. And so, yeah. And that's, that's the main thing, man. Like I don't get to share, I don't share that story, you know, guys that were with me know, yeah. uh, and they know where I'm at nowadays, but you know, there's leaders, especially today are so, scared to, I, I don't know if they're scared to blemish their reputation or whatever, mm-hmm. but I would much rather somebody come to me with something, yeah. you know, and know that I've been there, know that I've, I've done stupid stuff. I've <clears throat> been in trouble. I've had to come back from it. I've been, I had to go to alcohol treatment for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, the same thing, like I've had a lot of buddies that couldn't get their mind right. And they decided to that taking their life was the better way to do it. And I've, I've for sure had that conversation up in the room in front of a hundred different airmen be like, look, especially last year, our suicide rates were insane. Like, Hey, I've been there. I've had buddies die. I've had buddies kill themselves. I've had, I've had airplanes that I've accepted and worked on. And then I've known guys and they've gone down and those guys are dead now. Mm-hmm. Like I've d- had a lot of experiences and I, I know where you're coming from. So don't ever be afraid to come and talk to me. The worst yeah. thing you could do is think that you can handle something on your own, yeah. whether that's personal, professional. Uh, if you did something wrong, like, please just come tell me so that way we can mitigate the damage at our level. Yeah. You know, and I can talk to the right people and be like, look, this guy's a good guy. Like he made a stupid mistake. Let's not destroy his whole career mm-hmm. for this one dumbass thing that he decided to do, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, being able to kind of share that, like for people to see, hopefully people will be like, Oh, you know what? There's other shit I could do besides just keep spiraling into this dark hole and just like, let it consume my life. Like that's it. I'm yeah. done. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Thanks man. Thanks. Got a couple of years on me now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes, it takes everybody some time. So no, I appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing your experience and your wisdom and uh, yeah. Thanks man. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Yes, sir. Not a problem. Thanks, brother. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Michael Grooms tell a story. I hope this uh, benefited you guys. If any of you are in a a tough situation where maybe you got in trouble, uh, definitely don't give up. Uh, There's always ways to turn it around and redeem your reputation as Mike did. I would really appreciate it if you have not left a review already, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you're listening to them, just go over there and uh, click on it and leave a review five stars would be great but whatever your honest opinion is of the show uh, that's all i care about so hope you guys enjoyed i'll see you guys next time